Hey, peace and blessings, everyone. You're now locked in with the baddest chaplain on the globe, Chris B. Once again, thanking you so much for subscribing to us on YouTube, on baddestchaplain.substack.com, Spotify, Apple, any and everywhere where you get podcasts. Our guest today is a dear friend of mine, founder and president of Access to Success, Andrew Lovedale. Access to Success, also known as A2S, is an interdenominational Christian mission organization. A2S is dedicated to playing its part to eliminate poverty and provide hope through education and opportunity. Andrew, thank you so much, man. Welcome to the podcast. How are you, brother? I'm doing well. Great to uh, be on here, Chris. Thanks for the invite. This is awesome. Thanks for uh, all that you do. Oh, likewise, man. The feeling is mutual, my man. Like, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, it was, so I, I want to walk through the journey with you, man. Like, tell me uh, first and foremost, you know, how your faith leads your work um, at Access to Success. Talk about how that faith intertwines with you. No, my faith is very foundational. Uh, yeah. You know, growing up at home, uh, this is something that uh, my parents uh, did not take lightly. And, mm. uh, and I'm so thankful for that because they... They instilled in us uh, these values, and uh, and 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 one thing that I've learned uh, in my short stay here is that uh, the seasons of life does not respect your calling, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It happens to it happens to us all, and uh, my faith drives everything that I do because I'm a you know I'm a child who I would say I've been raised by strangers, right? Mm -hmm. I, I set mm -hmm. out and I. Uh, and I left home when I was barely 13 years old in, yeah. in England. And and I've just been raised by community. Uh, and mm -hmm. I've just been raised through uh, the God's providence. Mm -hmm. And so when I look at myself, I really do believe with the whole of my heart that every step I've taken in life has been a step of faith. Yeah. Uh, and, and that step of faith is not knowing what's on the other side, but trusting God and uh, when you have traveled the type of journey that I've traveled, you realize that uh, when you have very little, right, yeah. uh, God becomes your ultimate source. Um, right, right. And right. so I've learned to look to him for everything. And I know what that has done for me. Mm. Uh, and so with, with access to success, this is very fundamental and foundational in terms of how we get to love on the children. Uh, what yeah. better way to to love on the children than to really love on them the way Christ has encouraged us to do. Come on. Um, and, and in this world today, uh, where people focus so much on uh, what the basic needs are, we at A2S, we're thinking beyond basic needs, right? We're mm -hmm. thinking about how do we raise godly stewards uh, in mm -hmm. this age and time? Uh, and so how do we raise kids who will... Uh, get to become doctors, but they become doctors with a purpose. They get to be engineers with a purpose. Yeah. Uh, right. And I do strongly believe that uh, there's physical lack, um, there's material lack, but yeah. uh, the biggest thing, especially where I come from in Nigeria, is that we need good leaders. Uh, and beyond good leaders, we need godly leaders, and I right. like to say godly stewards. And yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, in terms of how we do ministry, uh, it's it's very important to me and to our team that we raise godly stewards, right? Mm -hmm. And and we we want to do that in such a in such a unique way. And and you can't do that without faith, right? Uh, and so, in this journey that I've traveled, I continue to learn that. If we can just raise children 
who can honor God with their time, their talents, and their treasures. And it mm. doesn't matter where they are. Uh, that is just as foundational as it is, right, to be able to think about where you are as a 12-year-old, where you are as a 15-year-old, where you are as an 18-year-old, and learning to really honor God with your time, your talents, and treasures. Uh-huh. That allows you to be godly stewards, right? He that is faithful in little will be faithful in much. Come on. Uh, and, and so for us, that is very important so that as our kids start to develop the agency that they need, that it is geared towards really transformational change mm-hmm. in a way that truly reflects, uh, reflects Christ. And, um, and I'm a product of that type of love from strangers. My story is one right. where God has turned so many strangers into friends, and I dare say family. Yes. Uh, and I know what it means to walk in faith uh, and to get to see God's hand in everything that I do through the good seasons and the not so good seasons of life. Mm-hmm. And, and what a beautiful journey it is. It's not always easy. You have to go through the, the, uh, the, the valleys and, uh, and the highs. But when you know that Jesus is in the boat with you, whether he's laying or whether he's standing, you know, telling <laughs> right. the uh, saying, peace be still. But you know, just my faith, I'm comforted knowing that Jesus is in the boat. Right, and right. what a unique gift to be able to pass on in ministry to, to the children that we serve. Absolutely, absolutely. I I love this sense of having the like comfort of knowing Jesus is in the boat, even if he's taking a nap. Yeah, still he's still on the boat. (laughs) Yes, sir. I love that. I love that. I love that. Mm. You know, you've talked a a lot about the need to educate yourself about the world and its cultures. And as as I as I read that um, quote from you, I, I thought about so many people who haven't had that opportunity to interact with people from different cultures, like they live in a homogenous area or they haven't had the opportunity to travel and really immerse themselves in another culture. That hasn't been your story. Yeah. You know, I, lo- I love this it's a very poetic phrase, like yeah. sort of being raised by this community of, of, of strangers. How has your journey going from Benin City to London to Davidson informed your worldview and expanded your empathy? Because I think about those three cities, couldn't be more different. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Couldn't be more different. How has that informed you being in these different places and thriving in all these places? How has that informed you? I mean, I think you get to learn about history, right? Yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. you get to learn about history. And, and one of the, the most beautiful thing about life is that we are all products of our environment. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And, and, and we cannot hide from that fact. Yeah, uh, And so my environment really shapes my worldview and, and the fact that I get to, it's almost taken, God's almost taken me and inserted, inserted me into other people's story, right? right. To see how right. that story is being written. Mm. Uh, and, and I think through the course of my journey, I've come to understand that uh, we are, we're mostly the same. Yeah. Uh, and when it says that we are all flawed, we are so flawed in so many ways. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so when I think about it, I, you know, I think about Benin City and I think about Nigeria and I think about the challenge that we have. Right. And, and the places where we are so gifted. And I think about England and I think about uh, and I think about the challenges that they have. Right. right and right. I think about the U.S. and I think about the challenges that. Uh, people have here, but also the blessings that they have, you know, and sure. and you start to realize that we are all products of our environment. And, and the way I like to say this, Chris, is in understanding this is just understanding that, you know, London is one side of the harvest field. 
Mm-hmm. America mm-hmm. is another side of the harvest field. Sure. Right. Uh, France is another side of the harvest field. Right. So when I look at it like that, you think about the church and you think about the body of Christ and what it looks like as a whole. It's a, it's this beautiful tapestry, right? That's made mm. of just different components. And, uh, and, and one of the things that I like that my pastor says, he says, you know, God takes the broken pieces of our lives and he fashions it in, into this beautiful piece of art. Right, right, right. right. Uh, and, and so in my journey, I've come to really understand that uh, people have come a long way in their history, mm-hmm. uh, in their challenges, um, but really being able to express empathy, being able to identify with the challenges of people, being able to understand mm. why they are the way that they are. Uh, and mm-hmm. then really looking at that first from your own lens, you know, my, my, right. m- I was raised to first look at myself in the mirror, <laughs> yeah. right? That's look it. at That's myself it. in the mirror uh, and then really being able to step back and understand the gift of grace, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. Understand the gift of grace and, and what that means and, and truly understand that those, his mercies are renewed every day and it's available right. to each and every one of us. Uh, right. And so that's been, I think, in terms of the culture, right, is being able to insert myself into that story and say, hey, I'm Andrew and I'm here and this is the baggage that I come with, right? Come on. Uh, and what's your baggage like? And, right. and I think that the, the beauty of it in, in, in traveling across these cultures, it's uh, it's not just to go there and, and, and really lament, but to say, hey, we all come with our various baggages, right? But from sure. my experience, from being raised on this side of the harvest field, and from you being raised on this other side of the harvest field, mm-hmm. how can I help you travel a little lighter, <laughs> right? For real, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And that is where the educational piece comes in, to be able to mm-hmm. use my story uh, to influence the story that God is writing in your life, and for you right. to be able to use your story to influence the story that God is writing in my life. That's kind of my perspective on on my journey is just understanding that God is doing something no matter yeah. where you are, no matter where you go in the world, something is happening and just consistently asking the question, you know, what would you have me do? Why am right. I here? Right. Uh, and I think that that's one of the questions that continue to, to drive me today is why, you know, mm-hmm. a, a child from Benin city, uh, given an opportunity to study in London, right? right. Uh, my, my mom could not have afforded a hundred dollars to make my passport, let alone right. pay for a, a flight. Uh, getting an opportunity to come to a school like Davidson and having right. it, you know, forget the fact that I'm a Division One athlete and all that. And that uh-huh. is not what's important to me. It's the fact that this child from Benin City received these opportunities, right? Yeah, and yeah. being able to play basketball professionally and do the things that I've done. Man, I was lifted. I, I like to say I was lifted from grass to grace. Um, but at each point of my life, there's been people who God used to unlock doors. Yeah. Right? And what, what else is there to do with my life, given my story, right? Mm. Given this story that God has read, what, what else is left to do than to help really ask that question? Why me, Lord? Why, exactly. why this child from Benin City and why, why have you gifted me these things? Except he's given it to me so that I can pursue a, a life of purpose. And um, just so thankful that he gives us the grace to be able to understand mm. uh, and to be able to seek his, his wisdom as we kind of navigate our relationship with him, how mm. we interact with other people across different cultures. But what a beauty um, 
I mean, I don't take it for granted that I got to travel around the world and get to got right. to see and got to see people, uh, got to learn about their histories. And I think that once you start to go out there and once you expose yourself to other people's stories and their mm. cultures, what happens is there's this level of peace, right? Mm-hmm. And some of the things that bother you before bother you less. Right. Because, you know, sometimes you get inundated with information about a people unless mm-hmm. you get to walk with them, unless you get to dine with them, Come unless on. you get to share in their pain, right. unless you get to walk through their struggles, and then unless you get to really learn how they celebrate, right? <laughs> and, and once you are exposed to that, you start to take a step back and say, wow, God, I am so thankful for your grace. I'm so thankful for this huge harvest field that I get to be uh, to be a part of. And, and that's that's just something that is quite humbling for me that I've mm-hmm. had the opportunity to. So some things that would phase doesn't really phase me because it's saying these people are going through this and, and, and rather asking the question, God, what would you have me do than trying to take matters into my own hands unless right. he directs. Now, you know, what so much of what you're saying, Andrew, just makes me think about Two two aspects. One, I think about a, a, a tool that is often used to teach people about like diversity. It's called the yeah. cultural iceberg. Yeah. And, and what you're sharing is so much beyond the surface. Because I think people, when we encounter um, people, whether they speak a different language or, or, or have different skin color, different different culture, we, we just go into the sense of like, oh, like I can, you know, appreciate the music or like the yeah. way they dress or the food they eat. All those things are cool, but it's just surface level. But you're yeah. talking about spending enough time with people to like be able to see them as full human beings. And I feel like yeah. that's the opportunity that so many people either don't take advantage of or, or never get a chance to really appreciate. And, you know, you, you, you're talking about um, moving around and, and, and just like the sense of like, you know, forget about being a, a, a D1 athlete, even though for the audience's sake, yeah. my man, he was, he was an incredible basketball player, you know what I mean? Just for the, for the record to, um, to be stated. I, I would say it's something even more so than that. It's just the, the sort of almost surreal, like overwhelming demonstration of God's grace in the sense of like, God, like, look at this opportunity that I couldn't have given myself, that my family yeah. couldn't have provided me, but you provided for me. It it has to lead you to gratitude. When you really yeah. think about that sense of, you know, there are other people who could play a sport. There are other people who yeah. could, like, take the tests and write the essays, whatever, yeah. but God saw fit for you to be in that space. It's, it's, it's incredible, you know? Yes, sir. No, you're exactly right. And I say on this journey that I'm traveling every day, that question becomes why. But at some point in my life, that question why was born out of need. You know, God, I've always loved you. Um, God, why Mm -hmm. would you take that away from me? God, why would you put us in this situation? Why is it difficult to find a meal? You know, you know, and then now that same why is now born out of gratitude to say, Father, why? Why me? Yeah, why did you put yeah. me here? Right? And every time I get to see a child smile, mm-hmm. you know, every time I get to see uh, someone feel comforted, you know, I get a little bit of that answer. You know, sure. he says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed yes. be thy name, for thy kingdom come on earth as it yeah. is in heaven. Come on. Uh, and so every time we get to walk uh, in purpose, every time we get to pursue investing in other people, right? We get to say thy kingdom come on earth, right? Uh, you know, right. As, as it is in heaven, because we get to see glimpses of what his eternal glory is like in someone Talk else's smile, in yes. someone else's comfort. So um, so just truly thankful for this journey that I get to be 
uh, uh, you know, like you said, a tool in, in God's hand, right? Mm -hmm. Because uh, he's used so many people to sharpen me. Uh, and as I continue to grow and I continue to really be, um, you know, tap into that grace that he, he grants unto me every day to be able to yeah. think about, you know, God, what would you have me do? And, and why have you given me these gifts that you, you have given me across cultures? And mm -hmm. um, it, it's, I don't take it for granted. You can't take it for granted. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's too much of a gift. I'm, I'm right yeah. there with you. Yeah, uh, talk to me a little bit about how your experience as an athlete informs your ministry. And I ask this because I, I think about in scripture, like, you know, Paul talks about our, our faith, like this marathon, right? You have to have yeah. endure, endurance. And, and there's so, so many of the skills that you have to have to be an athlete, you know, in the division one level, on the professional level, that really translates to like life skills in terms of like discipline and structure. Yeah. How has, you know, your sort of athletic preparation um, lended itself to your ministry? You know, I, I kind of liken it to, you know, the things that you focus on, right? The the things that you focus on, there's a goal. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, at the beginning of the year, you set your goal. And as a team, we all have the roles that we need to play to right. ensure that that is a success. Uh, and I liken ministry to that, right, is, is really understanding that um, for every time I get to train, the things I focus on, the things I feed on, these things will really expand my a capacity or what right. you would say, you know, I came into, I came into Davidson 187 pounds. You probably didn't notice that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, somehow they, they, they got me in the gym, you know, fed me. Right. right. And, and you know, I, I started to gain muscle with training, That's you it. gain muscle. Right. And, yeah. uh, and, you know, you start to realize that there's so much that your body can do. Right. Of there's course. so much that there's so much that, you know, when you're there and you're not training and you're not subjecting your body right. to those things, you don't realize the expansion that can take place, right? Mm -hmm. You know, the endurance that, that you can build from conditioning. And so when you think about ministry, that's how I think about it, is I think uh -huh. about the things that we engage in, uh, the things that we feed our hearts and our souls, uh, the relationships that we build over time, the role that we get to play uh, in the story that God is writing how that ultimately builds our endurance, right? Okay. How that ultimately, you know, requires the discipline to, to make sure that we, uh, we continue to do what he's put us uh, here to do. Uh, and so when I think about myself as an athlete, I think about just how that concept helps, but also to dwell in community. You know, mm. um, there's not, you, you're nothing without community, That's right? And, and, and so some of the greatest influences in my life today are my teammates, in yeah. college right yeah. and um and i say that this we pushed each other we loved on each other but we also mm. held each other accountable and yeah, it, was, yeah. it was because we had a goal in mind right to run the race um mm -hmm. and, and so when i think about that teamwork i think about what goes into building a team about into what setting a goal and and working towards that goal and no matter the outcome, still sticking together, right? And you think yeah. about the brotherhood and you think about the love, right? And you think about now, when you look at the impact, everything that my teammates are doing, you can't slack because everyone is running their race. And, doing and so you feel inspired, right? And, and so as a Division One athlete, those same things are so true in ministry, right? Yeah, you, have yeah, a, yeah. you have a race to run. Uh, and as you're running this race, the most important thing to understand is that 
um, it's not about the feeding of the children at A2S. Mm-hmm. It's not about their clothing. It's not about even educating them. What's most important is what they see when they look ahead. Yeah. Right. And and so it's uh, it's just being a reflection of what you know, you know, to the best extent that you can. Uh, mm-hmm. of what Jesus uh, asked us to be for those who are coming behind us, right? To, right. to ensure that, you know, there's a path uh, to not be that. I always like to say to my team, do not be the one that breaks the chain, right? Oh, for <laughs> real though, yeah. <laughs> do for not real. be the one that breaks the chain. And something coach would always talk about is when you meet somebody from Davidson who played 20 years ago and you sit with them, it seems like you are, you're talking to someone you played with. Right. Yes. Right. Um, right because right. they did not break the chain. So you are yeah. you are standing on the ground that was built by someone else, right? And so you never want to break the chain because there are people coming behind you, and you want to be the best version of yourself so that there's a positive reflection in front as they as they continue to travel. So uh, being a Division One athlete, the things that your body is subjected to, um, the the thing about teamwork, the thing about leadership. All of those things translate. And for me, yeah. what's so important is that um, all those times where I woke up early in the morning, you know, I keep thinking, man, why do I have to wake up so early to work out? And and now mm-hmm. I realize that I was being prepared for this, right? I can wake up yeah. at any time during the during the morning and just go, right? Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. so uh, it did build me up for ministry in such a in such a unique way. Uh, but the concept around teamwork and the concept around community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, becomes even inherent because you know God made us to do community, oh, no uh, doubt. And, and I do think that uh, part of the plan of the enemy is usually to isolate us from the herd. Uh, but so Precise. constantly living in community and building community and doing your part to ensure that community thrives long after you've left the harvest field. There you go. Um, you know these things. You know you can talk about basketball, but I think when I look back at the gifts that coach gave me. I realized that it was so much more than basketball. Of right? course. And, and that's, that, those four years of my life prepared me for a lot of what I am getting to, to do today and to deal with uh, today. And, and what a unique gift, right? Yeah. What a unique gift. There's so many Division One athletes that have had um, different experiences, but I was no in a position where um, I got to learn and I got to, and I got to grow and, and get to understand that doing things the right way uh, pace, you know, and, uh, and, and what better way to, to learn how to do ministry than having to go through this series of adventure where, uh, where you get to see the ups and downs of doing things the right way, but ultimately learning, uh, throughout the process. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I just, I'm listening to you, Andrew, and I just keep thinking about just how amazing it is that God will, 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 have you take on like a particular task or a particular assignment or a particular season and the skills that God is developing in you translate to like your vocation, right? Yeah. So like you're, you being a good teammate, like, I don't know, setting a screen for yeah. someone. You yeah. didn't think about like how that was going to prepare you for ministry. Like, you know, just like I'm just yeah. running the play. And yeah. it's just like, I'm just really in awe listening to it. Cause I just think about how God will just put us in these. And, and maybe there's sometimes you're like, why, yeah. why am I doing this? But it's really, yeah. God, who's outside of time, looking at the whole line of, from start to end of, of, of your time on earth and being like, oh, you're going to need this in order to do that thing like, yeah. 20 years later. It's, it's yeah. incredible. It's really <laughs> incredible. <laughs> yeah. 
No, we are called we are called to die to self, right? And yeah. what better way to do it than to first do it on a team, right? Yes. And, and and the beauty of being on, on a team is that um when you start to think about yourself, right, mm. the team starts to go in a in a different direction. Um yeah. so uh, so we are called to do that every single day. No we're doubt. We're called to it. do that every single day to die to self and to really open ourselves up for God's will uh upon yeah. our lives, right? I uh, I once heard this thing from a minister who says the the instruction for your next assignment is uh, uh, depends on on your obedience to to your last uh, to to the last assignment that you were Talk given. About right? it. So, <laughs> That's the truth. That's uh, really the truth. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, so just as I'm traveling through the through life, right, getting to understand mm-hmm. that you know we are products of our environment and it's been one layer after another. And God has, you know, every place that he's put you, he's using that to kind of shape or prepare you for, uh, for what's to come. And sometimes we yeah. can lose sight of that. Uh, no but just, just thankful for, for his grace that has, you know, allowed me to, to kind of, you know, stay the path uh, and, and continue to see his hand over, over all my affairs. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, I, I want you to tell me a bit more about. Um, you have another quote that that I um uh, uh, came across in my research where you talk about this whole notion of it's important to act locally in order to impact globally, and and just say say more about that because as you as you say this, where my mind goes is the hundreds, if not thousands, of churches who would rather you know travel across the world to do some sort of mission trip when there's hungry people across the train the train tracks in their town or across uh on the south side of their of their city i i just want to hear more about like what allowed you or, or or how did you arrive at this point of saying you know what if i'm going to impact the world it has to start here like like talk about that within your own journey and context no, you know, I think um, a huge piece of that, you know, mom would always say charity begins at home. Right, right. right. Uh, uh, charity begins at home. Uh, but also, underst- I do understand that there's there's discernment in everything, right? You mm-hmm. have to discern where God is calling you to go as a ministry. Right. Um, you know, but, but for us, it's really understanding that there's a need here as well. You know, my... My ministry is focused in Nigeria, and we yeah. have so many people here who are supporting uh, that ministry in Nigeria. And so a question that I, I actually get asked a lot is, why should I care about the children in Nigeria when they're sure. kids in our backyards, right? So yeah. um, there's people, there are people who, who do really uh, want to do missions at home, uh, but there are also people who might lose sight of what is happening at home and focus no internationally. Um, and so what I always say is I always say the church is one body. Uh, right. The church right. is one body. Uh, but also, like, not, you know, Molly and I, we focus a lot on the kids in Nigeria, but we also know that there are needs in Davidson. Uh, and, and so I always say, you know, to, to think about it and see where God is leading you to, 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 uh, um, to, to sow that seed of ministry, mm. uh, but also understanding that there are needs around you. But when I think about this, uh, Chris, I also understand that, um, you know, what we consider poverty, oftentimes, you know, it's uh, uh, there's a lot of material poverty, but also you have, um, you know, spiritual poverty, right? Like we no are not, you know, we are not all. Um, so what we consider poverty, there's poverty of the mind, you know, yes. there's, and so most times we get stuck on 
we get stuck on the the needs of people physically, which is which is great. But as a church, like focusing wholly on what matters, right? It's mm-hmm. uh, it's really understanding how do we navigate these spaces as a church. So, for example, my answer is always, um, I'm not ever asking you to stop looking around and seeing what's needed here. Right. I will always say I actually want to advocate for kids who are here, but you know, you can consider making A2S your global partner of choice. Right. right. And and so that way you're doing ministry at home, but you're also looking at the other side of the harvest. Uh, you're mm-hmm. also looking at the other sides of the harvest field that you might be called that you might be called to. So I do think that ministry done well is actually ministry that looks inwards mm. and looks outwards uh, as well, um, because you know the, the, there's need here and there's need abroad. Yeah. Um, but also, you can't focus on the need abroad and not see what the needs are at home, right. right? And you can't focus on the needs. So I think in order to really invest in the whole church, you think about the journey of Paul, right, mm-hmm. um, around when he was doing ministry, right? There was there was that sense of home, but the sense of brethren beyond beyond borders, right? And so, how do you get to do church uh, in a way that you get to you get to be you get to you get to serve on both sides of the harvest field? And yeah. I always pray for an exchange, right? You you know, I I do think that um, when people are able to go to Nigeria, for example, there's something about their faith that gets unlocked. Right. Um, And when people are able to come to the U.S., there's something about or interact with Americans. Right. There's something about their faith that gets unlocked. Right. Yeah. And these might be things about the gospel or ministry that is unique to these different sides of the harvest field. Uh Right. So how can these stories. So so I do think that there's an enrichment that happens, but it can't be uh, focused on one side. Right. It can be. You can say, oh, we're just going to do international stuff and neglect our brothers and sisters here in the U.S. Right. But how can we do ministry where the whole church, through discernment, can mm. really figure out, you know, where's God calling us to serve at home or where's God calling us to serve, to serve abroad? Because unless charity begins at home, right, yeah, uh, yeah. you cannot really express it uh um, express it, uh, express it, express it, uh, fully express it abroad, right? So mm-hmm. um, that's where that's coming from, and, and just getting people to engage themselves locally, um, mm-hmm. and then you know as they continue to create global uh, global impact as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm here mm-hmm. for that. I love that you said that. Sometimes people just ask you that directly in the sense of yeah. you know why should I care? <laughs> <laughs> It almost sounds silly to ask, like, why should I care about kids in Nigeria? It's like, because they're children. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's a novel thought. But yeah. talk, talk to us about the challenges children in Nigeria face. No, you know, um, I can start to tell you about the hunger, or I could tell you about, mm. um, I could tell you about hunger, uh, or I could tell you about, you know, insecurity, or I could tell you about the things that oftentimes we focus on, but um, Chris, where my heart really is, is that uh, there's nothing like when you're when you're robbed of the divine gift of choice. Um, Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know when you know when God made us. Uh, one of the unique things He gave us was the gift of choice, right? And that you and I have the ability to make choices, right? And 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 He's giving us a path to make sure that we make God honoring choices, but there are, mm-hmm. there are also different ways to make God honoring choices, right? Where 
Um, and, and I think that material poverty robs people of that unique gift, the ability yeah. to own your own God story, to say, uh, to develop the agency that you need, right? To say, this is what God has called me to do. Right. And so when I think about our kids in Nigeria, I think about um, my choice. It was not coming to the U.S. was not what I wanted. Mm -hmm. Right. It was yeah. what I had to do right, to survive. Right. Sure. Right. Um, and and so many people who are migrating to the U.S. or migrating around the world, it's not what they want to do. It is what they had to do because yeah. they did not have the choice. Right. Right. And, and so uh, when we think about our kids and we think about what their challenges are, you know, Nigeria has, I think, the second most people living in poverty. Uh, the most kids right now in the world who are currently out of school. Wow. But wow. the thing is, like, these kids cannot make choices. And because right. they cannot make choices, they cannot develop the agency that they need so that they can become the godly stewards that I talked about talked mm -hmm. about earlier. So, <clears throat> um, again, right, so I think uh, those challenges are challenges that I went through, not knowing... Um, not knowing where food was going to come from, right? Not, right, not right. really knowing if I was going to pay uh, the next day, uh, uh, pay, pay tuition and, and getting to see my mom have to navigate that as a widow, um, yeah. right? Yeah. And so I could give someone peanuts and they would be celebrating me, you know, instead of saying, you know, they would be celebrating me instead of saying, hey, this is going to hurt me down the road, right? Or, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and, and I think sometimes uh, I take it for granted, right? Um, and, and I take the fact for granted where I could just sleep at night. You know, I turn on the faucet at my home and I say, Come oh, on. well, I, I just, I just, I just take a bath tomorrow. You know, I just yeah. take a bath early in the morning, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then you realize that growing up in Nigeria, we had one tap. And almost 60 people shared that tap. Come and on. the water only came on once every two weeks. Right. And so sometimes you had to give up sleep because you were just waiting just to fetch one, uh, yeah. one gallon of water so that the whole family can share, right? Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. And so um, you don't have a choice, right? You just right. kind of live on the brink of life every day, constantly trying to survive, mm -hmm. right? And, and so for us, beyond thinking about the hunger and all that stuff is how do we take kids from survival mode to a place yes. where they can thrive right yes, um and, and i think that for us that is that is really key is uh the three key things for me as i say this is we're thinking about how do we develop agency in children how do we uh restore that gift of choice and mm. ultimately how do we raise godly stewards yeah, yeah, um, yeah because they are going through so much a child waking up in the morning and not knowing where their next meal would come from Talk um, about it. A child not able to go to school because uh, they can't afford tuition, right? right? And, and think about this, Chris. A lot of children will graduate. If they manage to graduate, they can't even get jobs. So you could be in Nigeria, that right? And, and sometimes your, um, your cab driver could be an engineer, right? <laughs> uh, and, and so, the, yeah. So the, the job that, you know, a lot of graduates are trying to do because there are no jobs is, you know, people are trying to be Uber drivers, right? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and so for, for us, it's thinking about how do we help them? How do we 
Um, again, something you probably don't know is Nigeria is projected to have 319 million people, which will put it only right. behind India and China by 2050 yes. in terms of the population. Right, right now, only 3% of the country is 65 years and above. Right? I was wondering and, about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and so you have, uh, you have over uh, uh, children aged between 0 and 30 years of age. Yeah. Right, right now, make up seventy percent of the Nigerian population. Seventy yeah. percent. Yeah, and so you add, uh, you add one hundred and fifty million kids between now and twenty fifty. So those kids that are being born today, they will be between zero and twenty seven years of age. Which means that the workforce is not going to shrink; it's only going to get yeah. is going to get bigger. And, yeah. and so, how do we how do we prepare our kids so that they can actually, um, you know? be ready for what is to come, right? For right. this explosion in the population numbers, right? Uh, and so not seeing it as a negative, but saying, okay, what's the opportunity here and how can we prepare our kids for our kids for what is to come so that they can develop the gift of choice. Uh, and they can, we can restore that gift of choice and help develop the agency that they need. As David, as Davidson will say, right? Not just to prepare them for, uh, for the jobs that exist today, but for, um, but for the for, to create the jobs that will exist to tomorrow right, uh, right. in that environment. But ultimately, for me, is I always tell the kids and I say we are not breaking the cycle of poverty for you so that you can make money. We're breaking the the cycle of poverty for you so that you can live your life as ministry, right? Yeah, and yeah. constantly hounding them and saying it's money, it's ministry over money, you yeah, know, ministry over money. Because uh, sometimes when you're poor, you keep thinking, oh, I just I just want to get rich and have as much money as I can. Uh, but for us, we're saying we want to break this cycle so that you can, you can chase purpose, that you can honor God with your time, yeah. your talents, and, and your treasures. But um, the life of an average child that I see every day, uh, Chris, we have 240 kids that come through our after-school academy. Right. And each child has just under $1 to their name. My goodness. Um, so yeah. now think about you know living on thirty dollars a month, <laughs> right? Uh, and and I'm so thankful that we get to bridge the gap for so many of the children, mm. um, you know, to the extent that the Lord that the Lord allows. So uh, yeah, that's it. Now, it's mm -hmm. extraordinary because so much of what you're saying makes me think, and I, I forget who the quote was uh, attributed to, but it's the whole sense of you know. You know, when people think about um, what it means to be wealthy and they think it means like a whole bunch of stuff, like you have cars, you have a yacht or a bunch of a bunch of property. But it's really, you know, you talk about it in terms of choices, but it's also just the gift of time. Right? Yeah. Like you have you have time, you have space to, to say, I'm going to do this today or I'm not going to do that because like it's still going to be OK. My needs are going to be met if I just yeah. decide to stay in my home and, and watch television all day. I'm yeah. still going to be able to feed my family and water will be running and all that stuff. And I, I don't think people um, truly have a deep sense of like understanding of how on the global scale, that's not an everyday experience to be able mm -hmm. to say, Oh, I'm going to have, I can have hot and cold water today yeah. and I can turn on the water in my bathroom and in the yeah. kitchen and, <laughs> and it's going to be fine. You know what I mean? Dude, man, I'm, I'm so thankful to God, man, because everything around me is a miracle. Yes. Um, and I and I yes. and I say that from the depths of my heart. Right. Um, everything around me is a miracle. 
I, I personally do not like waste, right? And I and so you. I, you know, I I see these things like I told you, turning on the tap, right? Like uh, sometimes I walk into the house and just having electricity, you know, um, having electricity and. Uh, growing up, man, like we, you had to start ironing your church clothes on yeah. like Thursday because right. the light comes on for five seconds, yeah, yeah. and you're like, "Oh, I gotta get this," and it goes off, right? It goes and, off, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and you know, there there's certainly a lot for me to be to be given the environment I came from in Nigeria. So right. much is a miracle around me, uh, and, and so for me, like you talk about stuff. So whatever it is that I have, um, Molly and I uh, try to be very uh we try to use it as a ministry you know yeah, of course um whether it's a home whether it's a car whatever it is that you have you can use it to serve other people yeah uh, and, and that is in its essence for for me is knowing that these things are these things are gonna go away someday these Listen. things are they are perishable but what is not perishable is just the gifts of him that you get to carry with you all day yeah yeah, yeah. And someone once said to me right if i um, if, you know, if your titles, if your degree, if everything gets stripped from you, talk about, um, it. if all these things that people identify with, uh, about you, right. um, if they get stripped from you, then who really are you? When you look yourself in the mirror without any of your titles and accomplishments, do you have an identity. Right. Um, and, and so that, that forms the foundation for, uh, for me and, and just, it's so much beyond stuff and it's all about, uh, ministry and really pursuing God's purpose. And, and again, yeah. I always ask the question, why? Of course. Um, because, because nothing, I feel like, you know how you're living a dream, right? Like, right. Yeah. Nothing in my life feels real. Of you course. Know? And I, and I have got to, to thank for that, but also it's a reminder to give it all back to him. That's it. That's <laughs> it. That's, that sounds like the, the foundation of being a good steward right there is this mm. understanding of, you know, I'm not going to take for granted any of these things. Mm. Yes, and sir. I don't have these things just for myself, right? That, yes, that's, that, that's really where it is. So, so um, Andrew, talk, talk with us a little bit about, you know, outside of, you know, the remarkable work that you do, how do you like to spend your time? Like, like what, what does rest look like for you? That rest for me right now looks like hanging out with those two little boys. Yes, 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 yes. I hear you. I I really just enjoy uh, my boys, oh, um, yeah. and you know, um, I I enjoy them in in such a special way, like because um, they are just gifts. You mm -hmm. know, they have so much energy. You know, my coach always said the two greatest gifts that you can that you can give to anyone is the gift of your time and love. Yeah. And, and Chris, I was raised in an environment where um, fathers did not really know how to give time. Talk um, about that. Yes. Fathers did not know how to give the gift of time. And uh, and, and they loved you. My, my dad loved me. My dad yeah. actually spent some time with us compared to most African fathers. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But. You know the father. The father in in Nigeria is is born to to provide, and so right. oftentimes they are just in that state of I need to provide for the family, uh, and they're never around. You yeah. know, and and on their way home, I mean, you know, dad used to come. He's on his way home from work, and he stops by my my mom's uh, younger brother's home, and they sit outside and just chat till like seven. Yeah, yeah. He comes home. How was school today? You know, he takes his shower. Yeah. He goes to bed. Right. Like. Right. And, and so. 
uh, we got love and he provided, uh, but we time wasn't you know and i think that uh that's something that's hopefully changing but you yeah, know yeah and so for me that's something i i try to prioritize with my kids is mm. uh is that gift of time so it's it's it it's it parenting is not work for me it's such a such a privilege that's real right and, and real. so um i love time with them that's one thing i enjoy doing is is getting to to pass on whatever little I know about life sure, and to sure. share that with them as they as they start to discover their own path in in the story that God is writing uh, right. in their own lives um, and something I certainly do not uh, do not take for granted. Mm. I play Xbox. I only play FIFA. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I only play FIFA, um, and and that's about it for video games. So when yeah. I really need to rest, and then. Obviously, you know I'm an Arsenal fan. So yeah, Saturday yeah. mornings before the kids wake up, I try to catch in the game if it's, uh, you know. But um, yeah, that's that's mostly what I do is time with family. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, with Molly and I being so busy, being very intentional right. about time as a family. Um, but yeah, it's uh, that's what I do for fun, and and then to to also rest. My my time with family is rest, so, uh, yeah. and then obviously other time is uh, just really time to commune with the father, right? You know, the yeah, quiet quiet time to step away every day and just mm. uh, uh, and just to be in his presence. But those things are refreshing for me. They are right. they are rejuvenating, and we have a we we're blessed by just a community of mentors of. Mm-hmm. You know, so my time with people is what I consider rest, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just you. being able to fellowship and 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 learn from each other is how I get to rest, and then ultimately time with the boys. But yeah, yes, sir. I love that. I love that. I, mm-hmm. I, I had to laugh at, at you playing uh, FIFA. I was like, I was like, why are we living the same life right now? <laughs> I was like, I, I, I'm getting up early on Saturday to watch City. Yeah, but but you know, so you just, uh, I get yeah. Arsenal. I know, I know. You guys, you guys are a few points behind us right now. You I'm better, gonna, you better stay there. Listen, <laughs> I, I try to tell all, all my friends who watch Premier League. You know how city is. The season yeah. doesn't start until Boxing Day. Then they're like, oh, <laughs> we, we better go ahead and win this. Title. <laughs> I know, right? I know. Yeah, hopefully we've made enough uh, adjustments to to keep the keep the streak going. Yeah, to... We ha- we have eyes on you guys, that's listen, for sure. Listen, y'all just got keep keep running, just keep running. Don't look back. Can we come? Yeah, yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, what, that's awesome. What has been a time in your uh, your uh, life, or, or even just localizing it to this season, that has made you feel a deep sense of gratitude or awe? Like, what has been something that's happened, or or just the season itself that has led led you to say wow this is leading me to gratitude um you know for me there's one story that stands out Mm. um you know so many times i'm i'm working behind the scenes and um i was in nigeria this summer uh with our team from the u.s and Um, you know, we had our vacation Bible school right. and usually at the end of it, that's when the kids get their, uh, school supplies for, uh, for the year. Um, and you know, it's usually very chaotic, right? Cause the kids are very excited. And, and so I was, you know, doing something else. Everyone was distributing backpacks to, mm-hmm. uh, to the children. And, um, and as I stepped out, this girl, her name is Marvelous. Yeah. Um, she just started charging towards me. And when she came, she hugged me 
Wow, yeah. And, you know, it was just this kind of hug where she wasn't letting go. Yeah. And, and she wasn't letting go. And then the next thing I, I bent to look and she was in tears. Come on. Um, and I was trying to let go. And, and the next thing, man, like this girl started praying over me. Come I'm on. talking about <laughs> I'm talking about the the kind of very intentional powerful prayer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I mean she was saying stuff like you will never know lack. Come on. And you know praying over my children and Yes. um in just words that I I can't even I don't want to do a disservice to the the, the way she prayed. You. Yeah, you know, at some point, I just realized that something was happening, and I and I just stopped and just started yeah. saying amen to this yeah. profound prayer. I think she's twelve years old. Come on, right? Um, and uh, and all the other kids then noticed that she was there with me, and so think about twenty to twenty five kids just right. charging oh uh, towards you. And they ran towards me, and uh, as they were running towards me, they were trying to run and hug me to say thank you. Yeah. But they met marvelous in prayer. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, there were 20 to 25 kids. They stopped in their tracks, and I was surrounded. I was in the middle of these, cho- these children yeah. laying their hands over me and just praying and My saying goodness. amen. Um, and I just... Stepped away from that, and uh, it was an emotional evening for me. And every time I still think about it, I I realize that what a unique gift of course. it was to have these children um, pray over my life, yeah, uh, yeah, pray yeah. over this ministry for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, this prayer was not just over my my life and this ministry. Um, they prayed over my children. My goodness, yeah. Um, they prayed over my children. And I just stood there in awe and yeah. saying amen to every word. And and think about it when you say from the mouth of babes, right? That's it. That's it. Um, and I just stood there and I took it in. So when I think about this season, I think about just that gift that um, it's not something that money can buy, that these children, you know, Jesus says, suffer not the little children to come unto me. There you go. Uh, and in some way, like I just felt the power of their prayer the power of the words of these innocent children over my life. Uh, and, you know, when you say talk about gratitude, uh, yeah. every time I think about it, I say amen. That's uh, it. <laughs> uh, I, I get to say amen because yeah. their prayer, uh, you know, their prayer, it's gone before me. Um, and, and and however the Holy Spirit laid that in that young girl's heart that day to to begin that um it's something that I'm thankful for. I'm thankful that, you know, sometimes you, you know, you feel like, oh, you're giving, but really you are the one receiving. That's the truth. Uh, and so just receiving that priceless gift, uh, I get, I get to be thankful for that because, yeah. uh, dude, man, um, yeah, uh, it still keeps me speechless, but <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, extraordinary. Um, <laughs> it, it is, it is, it, it was just, uh, it was just so organically powerful. Come on, um, and uh, yeah, and so when I think about my year, when I think about this year and the season that that we are in, I think about that story, and 
And what a unique way to go back on my knees and, and not, not ask for anything, but to say right. thank you. To say thank you, God, and to say amen. Yeah, yeah. Um, right? And it all, starts with, it all starts with Jesus, right? It all starts with his unique gifts, uh, the sacrifice that he made, uh, especially in this season of Christmas, right? The, the, the unique gift that he, he is that he was made flesh and dwelt amongst us. And, and just his sacrifices that continues to be a story that... Um, you know, children and and the old and everyone gets to gets to tell today is a uh, um, is a blessing. And yeah. uh, as I think about Christmas, that is the story that I am so, I'm thinking about about that special gift that um, just makes up. It, it just accounts for everything that I feel like God has done in and through me this year. Mm-hmm. No, I I am just blown away by that story. Mm-hmm. Like that just. I think it hits me, you know, as a former classroom teacher, just thinking about, you know, 12 year, 12 year olds, like middle school age, for them to express that level of like gratitude and then like taking up and praying for you, like almost like prophetically praying yeah. for you. It's just like, man, like that's just like remarkable, man. That's yes, like, sir. Yeah. Hold, yes, hold on to that for the hills and the valleys. You know what I mean? Like, that's, oh, man. That's a one. I am, brother. I am. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to ask you a question I ask all, all, all of my guests. Um, I want you to imagine that you're hosting a dinner and you can invite four guests. They can be dead or living, fictional or real people. Andrew, who are you bringing to this dinner? Huh. That's a good one. Uh, first that comes to mind is Jesus, actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I, uh, I, I want him at that dinner because, uh, you know, I... I feel like he went through so much on earth and he's mm-hmm. left this uh, blueprint for us. And, um, you know, I always say that I have a ministry that's worth telling Jesus about, yeah. um, you yeah, know, I, yeah, I don't yeah. want to, I don't want to see him and, and be like, Oh, uh, you know, I just lived my life and I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I didn't hang out with people cause I didn't, I didn't want my yoke to, to be linked to theirs. Come and on, you know, right. I'm here and I feel like that's such a boring story. Right. And, yeah. um, but I, 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 I want to, I want to hopefully meet him one day and say, Hey Jesus, I know what it's like to be betrayed. Mm, right? I know what it's like to, to go through a little, I know this. I, I now I know what it felt like when you fed the 5,000, right? right. You know, um, and, and to be able to say thank you for, uh, for leaving these stories behind and for using the uh, Holy spirit to inform my journey. Mm. Uh, and so I'm excited. Uh, he would be one that I, uh, would love to have at that table. Yeah. Uh, the next person I'd love to have is my dad. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, my dad passed when I was very young, he had hopes and dreams for me. Um, and one thing that is very very important in a Nigerian home is your family name, oh, uh, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the name Lovedale. And, and so, uh, um, and, and, you know, I, I don't really hear a lot of people talk about it here, but everybody, no matter how rich or poor you are in Nigeria, uh, you have to honor the family name. Yes. Uh, you yes. have to. Uh, and, and that was something that, you know, the, this, you know, my dad would say we are love deals, right? And mm-hmm. and I still say the same thing to my kids. I say we are love deals. We don't do this, right? We, yeah. uh, and, and so just having to travel through life without him, um, in, in the manner that I have, and and knowing uh, how much uh, how much he wanted uh, for me, uh, it would be nice to kind of have him at that table to to you to share stories, you know, and just mm-hmm. really thank him. Uh, and, and also to just talk about how much I miss him, but how much, mm-hmm. 
um, you know, the, you know, you can you can spend a lifetime with somebody and get nothing, and you can spend a few with someone and and their legacy and 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 the things that they teach you drives you and 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 dad for the short time he was here yeah, yeah. with me um really informed my journey um the next one would be uh um my mom yeah <laughs> my mom because when you talk about a strong woman mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um my mom has made so many sacrifices man uh, no she has made uh, so many sacrifices, having to lose a husband and having yeah. all these children to raise. Right. Um, she did it without complaining. Um, she did it without complaining. She did it with so much humility. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, and she managed to keep God at the center. Um, and, you know, so many things happen in life that just really rocks your faith. Mm-hmm. And And my mom is the greatest example of going through adversity still holding on to Christ. Come on. Right. Um, and sometimes adversity tends to push you away, but seeing how my mom um, went closer to Christ because yeah. of adversity. Right. And that ultimately shaping our stories in such unique ways. Uh, man, I look at my mom. Chris, you don't understand, man. Like I look at my mom today and I just, I just shake my head, man. How did you do it, mom? Right. Like, right. Uh, and, and just the strength of a mother and, and really just understanding all that she has to that she had to navigate. Some of it we knew of, some of it we didn't know. Oh, right, right. Uh, but now that you're older and, and the tales continue, it's almost like a non-ending uh you know, a book of tales, right? Come like on. and you're like, Mom, that happened? You you went through that? And she's like, Well, I couldn't tell you that, you know, at the time I didn't want you guys to get your spirits down or exactly. uh, and, and so it makes the testimony all sweeter. Mm-hmm. Um but just being able to look her in the eye and, and say thank you. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think that um, that for me would be uh, really cool. And um, last is Molly, really. Oh, get you, get you. <laughs> uh, there's no dinner without Molly. I get you. I respect it, as you should. As um, you should. Yeah. The, just the smartest, strongest woman I know. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, she... She's uh, she's the one who doesn't need to be behind the scenes, but gotcha. just you know she just thrives and um, she works hard. She loves hard. She's she makes sacrifices, um, but you know my ministry is not possible without her, right? And, yeah, yeah. and just getting to walk through uh, through that journey uh, through that journey with her is. Uh, you know, uh, being such a talk about ministry, talk about teammates, talk about, right. And, and she feels like a culmination of all my stories together, right. Having that person that you get to, that you get to do life with on a, on a daily, uh, on a daily basis. Um, that would be the four for me. I have other people that I I'm torn about, like, oh, this person should be in Chris's list, but, um, those four, just because of the unique role that they play, um, just in my journey, and the, right. the, the dinner, I don't want the dinner to necessarily be about me. Mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, I want them to. I want to see how they would interact with each other at a table. Right, right. Because right, right. Dad hasn't gotten to meet Molly, right? And, Come on. Uh, and so, getting to see what that uh, what that dinner would look like, me 
getting to and all of us getting to look to Jesus and getting right. to uh, to share our faith journey uh, with Him is ultimate. Uh, and then getting to really have Mom talk to Dad about. I just want to tell you how I did it, right? Like, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, yeah, this is what you missed. And then to look for her to look at Jesus and say, you know, thanks for letting me latch on, right? Oh, and, uh, ooh, yeah, and, yeah. and then also looking to Molly and saying, you know, thank you for coming along this journey. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, my mom calls Molly treasure, right? And, oh, I love that. Uh, and, and, and so it's... Um, just doing dinner with those four would be just, uh, yeah, a blessing of a lifetime. Love it, love it, love it. Because I mean, it's the dinner I never, the, the dinner I never got to have, right? If you have a, Come on. yeah, if you have a, a wife, you hope that they get to eat, break bread with your father and your mother, and yeah, I never got to see that, and so I would love to have that dinner, and then with Jesus at the head of the table. Of course. Table. Of yeah. course, no, that's that's lovely, man. I, I like that that's a whole lot, whole lot. I I, I think uh, for the end of um the year, I'm going to um post various clips of um people answering this question because yeah. just the mental calculations. I, I think Jesus might be tied with Dr. King. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly right. You're right. I, because the people I wanted to put there, but I just realized that you know people like Dr. King, or, yeah. you know people like. Coach McKillop in my right. life, right? Is, of course. Uh, people like Mr. King Mawini or Joe Forber. Mm -hmm. uh, what's unique about them is that, um, you know, they learned the what it means to lay your life down for a friend, right? And yeah, they learned yeah, that yeah, from yeah. Jesus, and that allows right. uh, Jesus to be to be the to be the ultimate. Um, but yeah, there's so many. I, I'm a. I was raised by a village, man. I love it. I, I was raised by a village, and so many people have uh, such great hands over, over my life. But no in doubt. terms of a dinner, uh, these people, I. It's the one thing you pray to have is, is you know your dinner with your spouse and your right. parents. And yeah. I never got that. So. Got you. Um, yeah. No, that's uh. It, it's it's transformational for. Uh, for me to be able to to do that, no doubt about it. No doubt yes, about sir. It. And my, my last question for you uh, today, Andrew, is is simply, what is your hope for the world in this moment? <sighs> I'm looking at my door right now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. And I um. I like a quote on my door that says, remember, we are not called to be saviors. We are mm -hmm. called to be stewards. Yeah. Um, and I say that because there's so much happening around us. You know, Chris, you have, you have the stuff that you get to go through every day. Yeah. And I have the stuff that I get to go through every day. Right. Um, there's a reason for every encounter in your life. That's the truth. And um, and I like to ask God, like, why did I encounter this person? Mm -hmm. And I just hope that we don't waste our encounters. That's you know, cool. Come on. Um, I hope that we don't waste our encounter, whether you run through, whether you run, you run into someone or someone runs into you at the parking lot. Right. Uh, whether someone steps on your toe. Uh, whether someone in the midst of a in the midst of a conversation, you know, turns it into a heated argument. Right. Whether you agree with my political ideology or not. Right. Um, 
I hope we don't waste our encounters uh, yeah. because our encounters are supposed to be feeling. Uh, they're supposed to be life-giving. Um, they're supposed to help us lighten that baggage that we carry. Mm. Uh, and so when you, when you waste your encounters, um, the people who are supposed to be a blessing to you are perceived as a curse. Oh. Um, mm. and, um, and, and I think the, the ultimate destination for every encounter is the gift of love. Right. Right. And, and so I, I hope that we, we truly, you know, sometimes life happens to us in a way that we, we look up or we look down. Yeah, yeah. And what we forget to do is look around. And uh, in our encounters, while we're looking up to God, God is saying, look around, what, look around and see what I've put, put in front of you. Look at what is behind you. And, um, and those are encounters, our relationship with each other, yeah. our relationship with God, and, and our relationships with the systems that are put in place, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but ultimately, I just wish that, and I pray that, and I hope that we don't waste our encounters, that mm-hmm. you and I get this art together and that, you know, I get to step away thinking, man, I just hung out with Chris for, yeah. for an hour, right? Right, and, right, right. Um, you know, this is an hour that you and I will never have back again, but this is an hour that will say, that hour belongs to us. It belongs yeah. to, to our time together. So. So whether you find yourself in a good situation, you find yourself in an unfortunate situation. Sure, sure. Um, to not waste that encounter. Yeah. If someone hits your car, maybe it's an opportunity to to strike a relationship or, or to strike come a friendship. On, right. Maybe on. it's not maybe the car is just something that, you know, you can someone can hit your car, but you can also just mistakenly drive your car into, you know, into the driveway and still hit your car. Right? 100%. And, um and so just really uh, hoping for a world where we don't waste our encounters because, Chris, mm-hmm. you, you have something to offer me. Um, yeah. That child on the street who has nothing right. that you might be looking at and saying it's their fault for being poor or they're lazy. Mm-hmm. That child mm-hmm. has something to offer you. No doubt. Right? That person who you're thinking is not part of the community has something to offer you, right? Yeah. And, uh, and so not to displace our encounters or to waste them, but to truly embrace them. And to dig deep and find the depths of what that encounter means. I always say with relationships, I hope people do three things. Is discern why someone came into your life, right? Yeah. Uh, nurture the relationship and periodically evaluate your relationships. There and it is. so these encounters, are, they're critical to our existence, right? Because, um, you know, God is looking down and he's saying, look at all that I've put around you. Why mm-hmm. waste it? Right. Why waste it? He uses, he uses everything, you know. He says all things work, you know. All things was for our good, right? Like you think yeah. about, um, you think about how he's really fashioned our lives, right? Is that whether it's a good encounter or what you consider a tough encounter, mm-hmm. what's really important is that there is an encounter, right? Precisely. So to remove the good yeah. or remove the bad, but to remember that an encounter is an encounter yes. and God can take that encounter and do some beautiful things uh, and do some beautiful things with, uh, the series just said, I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> it scared me because I was listening to you. I, heard, I thought so. I was like, "Oh, who talking on my watch?" Because <laughs> he said what you say. He's like yeah. the beautiful cat. I thought so. I was like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, but no, truly, brother. I hope that we don't waste our encounters because oh, yeah. if you if you dig deep enough into most of your encounters, you find out that waiting at the end of it is truly that love, right? Yeah. The, 
uh, the love that knows no bounds and, and, and that brings the peace that surpasses understanding. It That's might it. be tough to navigate sometimes, certain times mm. when we're human and we will fail, right? And, and we will label and we will judge. But to move past the labels, to move past our propensity to judge each other and to see someone, someone will say through your eyes, Lord, right? Lord. Can, can you, can you learn to see people through God's eyes? That's and, it. And can you, when so, forced by the world to to speak up your mind can you really fight it yeah trust god and speak god's mind and i think those things are important to me you know speak god's mind instead of what you know instead of your own mind right right and um and ultimately try not to waste your encounters so that you can fully really see what love is right and to feel that to feel that but that's my one hope for the world, you know, and if we can bless each of our encounters and truly right. get to that depth of love, then, you know, most of our problems will go away. I, I, I appreciate this so much because to me, it also, it, it, it feels like it's, it's part of God's invitation for us to just slow down and be still. So you get into that bumper to bumper in traffic. Yeah. And you're so in a rush to do whatever you're going to do, and you're not slowing down enough to just see, like, no, God wanted you to meet this person, and whatever mutuality is going to happen there, but we're just so in our own heads running to stand still. I I really, I think this is a good word, and I I hope that people um, really just run this back and just listen to to, to everything you said because it, I mean it's a sermon bro like it really is just a remarkable thing you said and I thank God for it and I thank God for you but my goodness what a thing you just said man thank you uh, no, thanks brother thank you so much for this opportunity and I hope we can get the family together soon oh yeah I'm here for it man I'm, I'm here for it absolutely it, it mm-hmm. was it was a, a joy um, mm-hmm. uh, having a, uh, for those who are, who are listening and don't know um we both have, have have two boys, and we've been talking yeah. since our eldest sons were born. That like, we gotta get them to hang out one day. And now that my boy's eight and a half, we finally got a chance for everybody <laughs> to meet. It's like yes, you know. Yes, sir. Let yes, sir. Go. No, yeah. what a blessing, man. You know, thank that we. I thank God for our journeys. And, yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, and it's uh, uh, he's just going to uh, by his grace, we'll continue to do what he's put us out here to do, and. And th- thanks for thanks for all that you do, man. I'm Thank I'm you, so man. so thankful that you have a platform like this where you can, you know, share stories, but ultimately get to live out your own God story. Yeah, hundred percent, man. Yes, 100%. sir. Appreciate you, bro. Appreciate yeah. you. And thanks, I, and brother. I, anytime, anytime. And I hope everyone uh, listening and watching, be sure to check um, all the wonderful work that that Andrew and Access to Success is doing. A2SFoundation.org. I'll make sure to put the link. In the show notes, of course, you can watch this on uh, Substack, baddestshopping.substack.com. It's going to be on YouTube later, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all those um, spaces. But if you want to get it first, you got to subscribe to um, baddestshopping.substack.com, and that's where you'll be able to see it. But until next time, God bless you and keep you. You all just uh, continue to just do exactly um, what God has called you to do. Just slow down, be still, be present. And find a way to love somebody. All right. Much love, y'all. Amen. Amen. Thanks, brother. Anytime. Anytime. Yes, sir.